0: Hey, Hoopheads, once you finish listening to this episode, be sure to check out the rest of the Hoopheads Podcast Network for even more great basketball content. Hey everyone, JJ here. I uh, just wanted to tell you quickly before the episode begins that at around the 30 minute mark, there's a bit of a technical issue there with, with Kenneth talking. So we apologize for it and hope you enjoy the episode. What's up, everyone? I'm your host, J.J. Rivera, and I'm joined as always by my co-host, Kenneth Wilson. And welcome to 305 Culture, a show where you feel the heat. Yeah, yeah. Now let's get down a bit and talk some Miami Heat basketball. Well, before we begin and before I ask Kenneth how he's doing, we would, la- we would like to ask you to follow us on our socials. Please follow the podcast account at 305 Pod, whatever it is. You do your social media stuff at Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. You can also follow me on Twitter at JJ Rivera NBA. That's at JJ R I V as in Victor E R A N B A. And where can they find you, my friend?
1: You can find me on Twitter at K said K. That's K underscore S A I D underscore Q U E again. K said K on Twitter and on Instagram. You can find me at I M K Servers. That's I A M K C I R R U S again. I M K Service on Instagram. Yeah, man. As far as how I'm doing today, you don't have to ask. Glad to be here. Glad to talk Miami Heat ball. Super fucking glad to have Kyle Lowry back. That's how uh, I'm doing. Oh yeah,
0: that's the that's the main thing. Kyle Lowry's back finally, and you know, post game he, he kind of dressed like there he was going through some dark times. Hopefully everything's okay with his family and all. But yes, we're glad to have him back. Glad to see our QB one, as Kenneth liked to say, back on the court because we. We're missing him. I anyway, didn't
1: see his post-game attire, man. What do you mean by that? I didn't see it. Explain.
0: No, he's like a post-game quote. It was what he said. Like in his presser. Oh,
1: art. I thought he said his post-game clothes. What did he say, though, in his post-game quote?
0: Well, like that something along the lines that it was he was going through a really tough time the these past nine days. What was it? He was out like, no, he was out for more. He he missed a, he missed He was out for a while, but yes. The past couple. Oh, okay.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Definitely. I didn't know if you know there was something specific alluded to or whatever. And again, I'm not trying to be nosy. Not trying to pry. I just didn't know if he had said anything. But yeah, obviously, man. Um, and you hate to speculate. And there's been a lot of speculation out there. I hope none of it's true. I just hope that the man's family is okay. That the man is okay. That the man's mind is right. And that you know basketball can now be the thing that has been for him. Um, which it is for most athletes, for most of our lives, but most of the people that like sports, you know, for most of our lives, it's a way to get away or release, you know, also a job, a way to put millions of dollars in his pocket. But hopefully, you know, something that can act as therapy to whatever it is he's going through. As we both said, just, you know, glad to have him back in the mix.
0: Yeah. So without further ado, let's begin with Lowry's former team. Our loss to the Toronto Raptors, that's our second loss in almost the same week we played them on saturday the 29th and then on tuesday february 1st we played them again this time in canada and unfortunately the result was the same 106 to 110 raptors but and this one like this one kind of hurt more in a way because he were ahead by as much as 15 at one point and they ended up blowing they they blew the lead and you know that's something of a that's as Kenneth and I have mentioned, I don't know how many times in in our podcast, it's a bit of a recurring theme and something that I am listen, I try to be like positive about my team, but that is something that is pretty glaring when it comes to the postseason, when it comes to postseason play, and that's something that I think should be addressed because the half court offense in the f- fourth quarter final minutes when they have a lead. Kind of like bogged down. Obviously, in this game, we didn't have Kyle Lowry, but still, even with Kyle, there have been there have been instances instances, excuse me. For example, against the Utah Jazz, that game in Miami, Kyle Lowry's triple double. He had he had an outstanding game, and still, we almost ended up giving that game away. And in multiple occasions, almost that only counts
1: ever, in horseshoes and grenades, brother. Almost only counts in horseshoes and grenades. Just wanted to say that.
0: Oh no, I understand what you're saying. But it ended up costing us that night. Maybe and you'll you see, don't want.
1: And you, you'll see why I said that when I go to speak on this topic, though.
0: Maybe, well, shit, go ahead because I, I, I don't want to ramble here.
1: Okay. Well, here's the thing. First of all, what you have to do, and I've noted this many times. I noted the first time we played them. I noted it after the triple overtime thriller, and I noted it again after we lost the other night. This Toronto Raptors team is just a tough, gritty, scrappy team, a team that plays five Bams. I'm never going to forget that, even though they're all different skill set. That's what I'm going to call them because they play five dudes and they play four dudes and Fred Van Vliet and the other four dudes. Who's an all-star, by like the way. <laughs> right, all-star, um, gambled on himself and Ron big. Shout out to him. Um, Salute to but, him, really. Absolutely. Um, But... You know, they play four dudes that look like them. And I say that to say they're always going to be a tough, gritty matchup for this Miami Heat team because they're built the same way. They play the same way. I've mentioned this before. You're talking about a guy, Nick Nurse, that learned to be his best self um, by being a part of this Miami Heat organization. There is no, There is no coincidence. There is no irony. It isn't funny happenings. It isn't any magical spell or any sorcery behind it. The reason that they play this team so tough and so well is because there's a lot of the same shit being put into them as there is being put into the Miami Heat. It's just a fact. Okay. That's the first thing we, we just don't match up well against this Toronto team. On top of that though, do I think in a five game, six game, seven game playoff series, we beat them? Yeah. Because you give us multiple games in a row to be able to key in on what they do. And I think that once you do that, talent is going to wind out. And if you're asking me who has the top, Four players in this series, if it were a series, I would say that Miami he definitely have the top two. You could probably make a case for them having the top three. However, they definitely have the best two players, and they have three out of the best four, and four out of the best six players that will be on the court. So I think that talent went out there. Go ahead.
0: I want to no. I, I want to quickly interrupt. In a playoff series, I don't think they'll let they'll let the Raptors get away with stuffing Scotty Barnes. With Bam and Absolute. just do well, see, nothing about it, you
1: you've just hit on my point though. Well, to 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 merge the points and synchronize them together, you mentioned Calorie's triple double in that game where the offense was bogging down. The issue that the Heat have had for years now, which is another back end point that I'm gonna bring into the fold. Um, well, Calorie's ability to be multiple and to be versatile when the Miami Heat needed it the most in that game, coming up big with a triple double are all the things that you need him to do to ensure that the Heat's offense doesn't bog down. Yeah, it still had a point of stagnation, but they were able to get enough done via his ability to make an impact all over the court, which is why I commented, because you're right, even though it was a close game and we allowed them to get by closer than they should have been in the final minutes, his ability to get it done in multiple ways is what allowed us to be versatile or electric enough in those final moments to close it. So you look at that and say that's exactly why he's here. Well, when you think about what Bam Adebayo has done in the last couple of games, um, basically being more aggressive against Toronto and continuing that aggression against San Antonio, even though the shots didn't fall at the same rate, um, that's another key part of them not becoming stagnant late in the game. Like when you have two or three guys on the court, Bam Adebayo and Cal Laurie, along with Tyler Hero, who just goes hot and cold at times, even though he was coming back from COVID recently. So you look at his cold streak, as a more, you know, of a result of him being absent and him just purely being inconsistent. You have four guys. Go ahead.
0: No, no, I was going to say, like, maybe it was just him adjusting to NBA speed once again. Maybe, maybe, I don't think it's a conditioning issue because they don't, for the heat, they don't usually let you, like, go out there if you're not conditioned. Right,
1: absolutely. I mean, just whatever, but to both our points, it's not him or his inconsistency as much as he missed some games and had to get back into the swing of things. So when you have four guys out there that are now cre- capable of creating something for you in the half court, then you're pretty much taking away those opportunities for you to go stagnant late in the game. And that's why I mentioned, you know, Kyle Lori's importance, Bam Adebayo's importance, Jimmy Butler's importance, Tyler Herbo's importance. Now, even to the game last night in San Antonio, when you look at it from a natural games perspective, that was only the 15th game this season where we've seen Kyle Lori, Jimmy Butler, and Bam Adebayo play together. That was Which only like my mind. Right. That was only like I want to say right at double digits nine, no more than 12 games last night um, at Max 17, where we saw Tyler Hero, Kyle Laurie, Bam out of Bayou, and Jimmy Butler go. Um, and matter of fact, my numbers have to be skewed there because we've only seen three man lineup 15 times. We couldn't have seen the other line up more. But either way it's been about the same or even less for your top four players. And when you look at it from a minutes perspective, going into the San Antonio game last night, they had only played just over five whole games worth of action together, just over 250 minutes together. Think about that. Your three best players, you know, three of the better players in the league, three of the better players in the East, you've managed to accomplish what you've accomplished thus far, and they've only played five games worth of minutes together. That's mind-blowing. So
0: when you look oh, at Go ahead. Oh, I'd like to add some context into that. The Miami Heat have played 53 games so far. 53 this
1: season. fucking games. Better than two thirds the way through the season. And these motherfuckers are just playing five and a half games or a minutes together. Think about that. And that's the grand point. We've been able to see this level of success, a level of success that not many thought that the Miami Heat would have because we see you out there, odds makers. We see you out there, pundits, we, we see you out there, analysts. We see you out there, ESPN, Bleacher Report, Ringer, Zach Lowe, your mom and your daddy. Um, you know, Kendrick Perkins, who finally coming back, around NBA on TNT, Malika Andrews, anybody out there in charge of talking about the NBA, we see you out there, how you call the Brooklyn Nets and the Lakers and the Milwaukee Bucks and the Golden State Warriors and all those other teams to be number one in the league to and be, to win the championship. To be
0: fair, to be fair to the ringer, Kevin O'Connor has given us our respect. so. Well,
1: he, he always does, but it takes him a month and a half. He tends to buy into group thing before he finally decides that he's going to be a rebel and the smart basketball guy that he is and says, well, you know what, the Miami Heat do look like the Miami Heat. So I'll give you that. He eventually does come back around. But for the most part, JJ, and you can agree, everybody out there thought that the oh, Bucs no. and the Brooklyn Nets We're going to run away with it. It was their conference to lose. And, you know, you got to give some shout-outs to what Joel Embiid has done down there in Philly because that man has been a fool. I mean, a absolute fool. Um, You know, the Miami Heat, the Chicago Bulls, and the Sixers have really, you know, made this thing a race. And specifically in our case, the Miami Heat being one of the better teams, how dare I say the best team in the East, um, nobody could have saw this coming. And a lot of that, you know, a lot of that, has everything to do with the fact that they're still finding themselves so when you think about adding victor oladipo back into the mix when you think about a Marquise morris who hasn't played since late november after Nikola yogic did the hit job on him yeah i said it when you think about mm-hmm. um you know jimmy butler and cal lori and bam Adebayo not having a ton of time together even adding tyler hero into that mix you haven't seen this team at full strength and all of those individual performances that we're talking about, the ability to be able to carry the team at any moment or different moments in the half court, once they finally jail and figure out how to not be so your turn, my turn, a la Jason, you know, a la Jason... Um, the Jace. Yeah, a la Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown in the Celtics, then this Miami Heat team is going to figure it out. And you have to trust that with their skill sets, with their unselfish tendencies as players... And with their love for each other, because you better believe that this fucking Miami Heat team loves each other. And with Coach Coach Foster leading it all, they're going to be able to figure that thing out, man. Um, and then that's the point I wanted to make. By the way, if you're looking for written content on the Miami Heat, you can check me and JJ out anytime you get ready at allyoucanheat.com. Check us out, y'all. So this is the piece that I wrote. I wrote two pieces. The best is just about to come for this Miami Heat team. And then the... The other piece is, though the issues look the same, the stagnant offense that you mentioned, they aren't quite the same. And they have everything to do with each other. The best is just about to come because of everything I just mentioned. They haven't had their guys on the court together. They're still going to get some more talent back. And we're not just talking about regular talent. We're talking about supreme talent and guys like Victor Oladipo. And then when you look at it, in previous years, this team has just been bereft of the talent. Like, they haven't had the shot makers. They haven't had the guys that could either make the shots or had enough experience in those moments to make the shots. So you look back over the last couple of seasons, Duncan Robinson has been a shot maker. Tyler Hero has been a shot maker. They just weren't the guys with the kahunas or the mindset or the mentality. They were still young in the league. Like, now you look at them as seasoned enough guys to be able to step up and hit a shot for you in a big moment. Well, you also look at it like this. They now have the talent. It's never going to be a talent thing. When you look at the NBA bubble finals where Bam Adebayo and Goran Joggins went down with injury, the Miami Heat, yeah, we rode Jimmy Butler's back. By the way, you got to shout that man out again for going toe-to-toe with the GOAT, LeBron James, or the man that might be the GOAT number two at worst. But Jimmy Butler had to do that on his own. And
0: wait, six-time NBA All-Star Jimmy Butler. Six-time
1: on my NBA, NBA All-Star. We'll get to that.
0: Absolutely. Congrats to our guy.
1: Absolutely. But he didn't have Gorn or Bam for the most part, or he didn't have 100 percent or ones that could be as effective for him as he needed them to be. That was a lack of talent in the past. That was a big reason why the Miami Heat went stagnant, because when teams keyed in on Jimmy, they double-teamed your best player. You didn't have other guys capable. Now you have a ton of talent. You have a ton of shot makers from the guys that you brought into the development that the guys that you have there have made. It's just about figuring out how to get it done in the biggest moments, in the most clutch moments, and figuring out how to do that together. And like I said, not be so your turn, my turn, but our turn.
0: Dude, he, I really like what you said there. Not your turn, my turn, our turn. That was cool. I guess you're a worst guy after all. So, I try. Okay, so we, we talked enough about the Heat. Let's talk a bit about the opposition. First off, Gary Trent junior He's been on a heater past five games or so in fact he's scored like 30 plus points in each of the last five games two of which i believe came against miami so yeah not not pleasant to see gary trent rolling roll into town when you're doing miami heat the this past week but still props to him props to as we alluded to earlier fred van vliet a man who bet on himself he was a g leaguer then went to be an nba champion Signed a really nice contract, and now he's an NBA All Star. Really, really nice to see. Hopefully, he, hopefully he plays many more years to come in, in the NBA because he. I really like what he has done. So speaking of like staying with the Raptors, Pascal Siakam played well both games against us. He, you know, he keeps playing well. Honestly, he. Would you say he might be the injury replacement for KD, or do you think that's going to go for to Jarrett Allen? And I'm talking about the All Star team,
1: right? Um, it's tough to justify two All Star guys from Toronto with their record, right? However, if you're going to do, if you're going to go with replacement, you're probably going to look at you know best players. Total, like you're not even going to look at their record at that point because that's the point. You know, if that's the case, then you might have some guys up there that aren't on winning teams at all. So, if you had to choose one guy, do you take a guy from Charlotte or do you take two guys from Toronto? And that would be my question. Do you get the phenomena I'm hitting on there? Like because the yeah, record's and on also play, you you
0: did you did mention you didn't mention did Jared Allen, who. Is from the Cavs, and the game is in Cleveland. And he has been right. playing at an see, all-star well, I, level. Oh, no.
1: I agree with you there, but since you mentioned him, I didn't think I needed to throw him back into the fold. Well, yeah. Do you take the guy from Charlotte? Do you take the guy that makes your second guy from Toronto? Or do you take Allen, who's really a center, and we know that the league is moving away from that, even though he's been an all-star, even though they're one of the surprise teams of the league, and especially because the game's in Cleveland. Sorry that I didn't mention that, but I thought since you had covered that, we were on the same page. But I understand, I get it, and I appreciate it, brother. The clarity is needed.
0: <laughs> I think they'll probably go Allen. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just that the game's right. in Cleveland. Now, That's- now, now,
1: now let me I give you that. Now let me ask you this now. it's interesting you said that. Okay. So if you now we you know, I guess took all the hyperbole out of it and took the situational aspects out of it. So you're taking Allen over, let's say Bridges and Pascal is what you're saying. So now let's think about. I thought the you.
0: One. I thought you meant Lamelo, the, the guy from Charlotte. I, I thought you meant Lamelo.
1: I might take Bridges. I might take Bridges um, over uh, Lamelo. To be honest with you, I think Bridges has played more games, and I think he's consistently brought it from game to game. Lamelo has been great, but I think when you look at a
0: guy to call their best player is probably Ben Bridges. Hmm. I would still probably say Allen, but Lame- okay. Bridges I'm is not. Sure. A, it's not a bad choice. Although, hey, there's a guy there. Like, I don't feel like people might be talking about enough about him. But Drew Holiday also deserves some deserves a look at at that injury replacement slot. I, I wouldn't be mad at that. I wouldn't be terribly mad at that at all. Although, hey, who knows what other spots might open up? <laughs> I mean, absolutely. I mean,
1: when you look at even, I would, you know, a situation that doesn't. I wouldn't be against. I East, wouldn't but, be against
0: Jimmy. I wouldn't be against Jimmy sitting out the game. He's already right. named an all. That's he's I, already an all star.
1: Well, that's what I was about to say. When you look at guys over in the West, like you know Draymond, I'm thinking that's a choice thing, and I was going to use that to whip it back around to Jimmy, but. Don't you step on my toes. It's all good.
0: <laughs> okay. And and yeah, Draymond, wow, that was really that was really weird. He said it like just on TV like oh, I'm not going to play in the All-Star game. That was weird. Oh, maybe the the it what is he? He's like having a Where is he in like what's this injury?
1: Draymond had a back situation. I want to say like, um, that he's kind of been nursing so, this was it, was it a, like weeks.
0: a slip disc or something
1: don't quote me let me see so looking up a report here now it says he's missed a the last 12 games due to a lower back disc injury that's impacting his calf is making steps in a positive direction the injury' improving so it's, you know, nerve, disc, uh, back, and it says impacting his calves, so you're assuming there may be some muscle stuff going on up in there too. Um, it's just one of those things where you need time and rest. The less pressure you put on it, the more or less inflamed I was about to say the more inflammation can go or the less inflamed it'll get.
0: Okay. But always talking talking about uh, absences, talk about a, like a guy who who seen misses some Dearly, Draymond, like the Warriors, they look so different without him out there. And, you know, Steph's MVP case has just suffered for He's no, I, I don't have him as the front runner, as I already Absolutely. alluded to. I,
1: I agree. I agree at this point. Um, and I say that because you got some other guys stepping up to have some big showings um, while Steph has struggled a little bit, even though you can say that Steph, you know, is starting to break out of that slump. But, um, when you look at the Warriors, not only has Draymond Green's absence impacted that team and Steph's performance, but you also look at them trying to implement clayback back into the fold of things at the same time. Now, at the end of the day, all of that is only going to help the Warriors, and when it matters the most, they're going to be hell to deal with. But right now, once you're getting reacclimated and, like I said, you don't have Draymond there to kind of be a linchpin to help make that whole transition easier— which is his superpower, making everybody else's job that much more easier. Um, you know, it's going to look like this for a minute, but I, I agree with you on the MVP thing, but I think at the end of the day, nobody's going to want to see those Warriors and Steph Curry when it matters the most.
0: Bowie. do you have Jokic now in front?
1: I do you don't. Have... If I had to take one guy, it's the other big man in Philly.
0: Joel? Well, I wouldn't be against it. Yeah. Also, Giannis is quietly putting together another <laughs> incredible MVP case.
1: I agree he does so much for that team, but you then look at what he has around him. I can't put him above a guy like Jokic and especially Joel Embiid right now. But Joel Embiid I mean, is not only single-handedly dominating every good night, but he's doing it while propelling his team to a level that nobody knew they could potentially get to this year with all of the drama that they've endured. And, I mean, even amongst that drama, he still went out there every night and did something that we've hardly ever seen him do, and that's even with Ben Simmons in the lineup, which is play. He's playing. I mean, he's playing a lot of basketball. And don't get me wrong, he took a game off recently, a game they lost to the Wizards. Um, you know, with, no, he was playing in that game. I'm sorry. But he took a game off recently where I know Drummond got the start even though they did lose to the Wizards recently as well without Bradley Beal. But um, other than that, Joel Embiid has been freaking gold.
0: Yeah. If they if they end up as a top-four seed, I would have a hard time not giving it to him.
1: I agree. And, I mean, we saw that firsthand with, you know, how he basically, you know, led them to a, uh, you know, win of us. Although,
0: but anyway. although Jokic might have a really good, like, Obviously, he has an excellent statistical case, but the Nuggets, they are half a game behind Dallas for the fifth seed and only, well, two and a half games behind Utah for the fourth seed. So it's not like they're really out of it but still, they are also half a game ahead of Minnesota for the seventh seed and then having to play in the play-in. So, you know, kind of... I guess it's too early to call right now, which I guess will give us a really fun MVP race. Like, unlike last season, which was basically decided because it was by, although not to take anything away from Jokic, he was spectacular. He was a deserving MVP. But, you know, don't you remember last season there was a time there where KD looked like the front runner, Then LeBron kind of like, it was kind of like LeBron versus Embiid. Then Jokic snuck in there. Embiid went down. Down with LeBron, and then it was Jokic the last man standing, and then everybody was. There was kind of some voter fatigue with Giannis, and he still had to, like, the like distinct from, from the previous season and all that and yada yada. But yeah, that's enough MVP talk right now. Let's talk about the other game that the Heat played. By, by the way, do you have anything else to add regarding the Raptors, the MVP race, or the the Heat Raptors game? Before we move no. on.
1: No, man. Like I said, I just think that, you know, that Raptors team plays the Miami Heat well whenever they see each other team built to almost beat the Miami Heat. Um, I think in the the, the playoff series, we could beat them, but that doesn't mean that I want to see them in the playoffs and, you know, they're peaking at the right time. Um, So that's all. That's all, man. They look like they're going to be a team that's going to be trouble in the second part of the season.
0: Okay. Well, moving on to the second oh, game also, that we're gonna I'm
1: sorry you what? also want to throw this in there they beat the Bulls they beat the Bulls on Thursday night as well mm. I mean so you know it's not just us I mean it's like this This is a decent team you know but anyway continue yeah so
0: yeah yeah. I was gonna say like I, I watched I, I caught a bit of the end of that Raptors-Bulls game hoping that the Raptors would win and they did win in in overtime I don't know how many overtimes they have played in the last week, but those guys and, and all the run that Nick Nurse gives his starters. Jesus, I mean, I, hopefully nobody gets injured because that's a lot of minutes given there to all of those guys. But anyway, let's talk about the Spurs heat. Miami won. They snapped a three-game skid, 112-95, to a game that, you know, was kind of close at the beginning and then Miami said no, like, we are clearly superior and they took over in the second quarter and never looked back. Although in typical Heat fashion, they did get outscored in the fourth quarter. Although not as typical because they do have a positive net rating in the fourth quarter. Can't stop me.
1: I mean, I I have nothing else to add, brother. I mean, this is a team that we should have beat right when you're looking for a get right game. What better way to do that than to go to San Antonio, which was a makeup game, by the way, from December 29th? So I feel like this is a bit of fate giving us what we needed when we needed it. Um, oh, yeah, and
0: this was this. Sorry, sorry to interrupt, but you go, you yeah, go. this was this was a game that they had to move. Like, the, the start, the tip-off time, they had to move it, like, by half an hour right. because there was... Yeah, I
1: mean, if we just were determined not to get this one off. it saying, like you said, it was supposed to start around 8.30, and they moved it up to 7 because of the inclement weather, the multiple storms moving across the United States. Now, mind you, people, we're talking to a guy that lives in a place where it's hardly ever below 70, so I'm sure he can identify with our national pain of dealing with the shit storm we call our weather. <laughs>
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, right now, yeah, right now it's a sunny day down here. Oh, you really just gotta nice rub it in, weather. bro.
1: Oh, 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 that's how you gonna do it? I see how wow. you drop the wow. decibels in your voice, like you're trying to be calm and you... shit.
0: Seven, it's 78 degrees down here.
1: Oh, oh. Very nice. Isn't it 78 degrees, nice. Would you going to the beach?
0: <laughs> well, I already went. But, yeah. It was a, oh, it was a really. <laughs> Let's talk about the game. It was a. Good win for the Heat. Tyler Hero let the all scores of twenty-four. Jimmy Butler kind of took over there in the second quarter. Kyle Lowry returned this game, which was yep. the most important very, thing to happen.
1: Right, very very modest stat line, but you like that he got back in um and you know, looked to be getting his feet up on him. You can tell that he was uh shaking some rust off because he had a few very questionable, confounding turnovers, just plays that Kyle Lowry doesn't make early on in the game there, but um, like I said, you just like that he got back into the swinging things, got back into the lineup, um, and started to get his feet back up under him. The camaraderie was still there, the chemistry was still there. His teammates looked glad to have him back. He looked glad to be back. Um, and like I said, man, this was a get right game against a team that's bound for you to get right. They didn't have their two best players in Pirtle and Dejounte Murray, who I absolutely love, but we've noted that on this show. Um, Derek White was determined that he was going to ball the hell out. I like Derek White, too. He isn't as potent as DeJounte Murray, but he's like a DeJounte Murray light. Um, Has size, plays both ends, can do a lot for you. Um, I mean, he put up numbers, but other than that, man, they just are a much better team than the Spurs team with almost a complete opposite record through 52 games. I want to say, well, 50 – is it 53? It's 52 or 53 at this point. But either way, when you look at the Miami Heat's record, the Miami Heat currently – yeah, 53 at this point, the Miami Heat. By the way, we're not any games behind the Bulls. And if you look at the standings, I don't know how the Bulls are still ranked ahead of the Miami Heat. It must be that they have other tiebreakers because if you're looking at straight-up tiebreakers, we should have them because we've beaten them twice. But I digress.
0: We are point zero four percentage points behind the Chicago Bulls.
1: I guess what they're saying is that less losses are valued more than more wins, but just slightly in any event. So this is like a, back to the get right game of it all. We're 33 and 20 heading in um, to face a team that, you know, like I said, had the complete opposite record of them, 19 and 34 at this particular point after that game. It, it was just, you know, the, the perfect scenario coming off of a three game skid like they were.
0: Yeah. By the way, The Miami Heat currently stand at 8th in defensive rating and 5th in offensive rating. A bit down. The offense kind of went down a bit there. Maybe due to Kyle Lowry's absence. They went as high as 3rd in the league in offense. By the way, the Phoenix Suns are the only team in the top 5 in defense and and offense. They're just killing But have they beat the Miami Heat?
1: No, I don't have anything else to go about the Spurs, but I do have something else in the Western Conference. While we were on air here, it looks like uh, the first of the big trade news. We're only a couple of days away from the deadline here, people. But the first of the big trade news, I would say, in the NBA has broke. Um, so it appears that the Clippers and the Blazers have made a trade, and the trade consists of Robert Covington, and Norman Powell of the Clippers going to the Portland Trailblazers for what appears to be a package involving Eric Bledsoe, Justice Winslow, first former round Heat. pick from former Heat, Justice Winslow, first round pick from this past year, a Walker, Keon Johnson, who's played a lot of time with the um. Ago caliente clippers and a future second round pick again for norman powell and robert covington um which Wolves is a fun.
0: fleece for yeah, absolutely the clippers.
1: absolutely but you got to think about what the blazers did um when they got norman powell and robert covington a couple of first round picks then they extended norman powell and now they're trading them which totally screams rebuild but this isn't a portland show but again we're renaissance man
0: so we can say that um, I mean, they could have at least got like a I don't know, a pick swap, protected first.
1: A late something. first or something. No, I agree. Woj makes an interesting point, though. The emergence of Anthony Simmons allows the Blazers to move off the balance of Norman Powell's long-term contract and gives the Clippers a proven two-way wing to partner with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Yeah, the Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Clippers aspect of that is great because as me and JJ were talking um, a little bit um, as we had technical difficulties, so we were off air not to you know give you too much background or undercover stuff there. But we were talking about the fact that the Clippers could throw out a five-man lineup that may consist of Rocco, Robert Covington, Marcus Morris, um, Norman Powell, Paul George, and Kawhi Leonard. It's like, it's the ultimate Raptors lineup. When you look at what the Toronto Raptors are doing with their lineup, the multiple, versatile, sizable bigs, that potential lineup for the Clippers could be what the Raptors hopefully want to be one day. Um, so, I mean, they've just ultimately increased their chances and having um, Norman Powell on that deal until the 2026 season. I mean, you you, you got to steal for just, you know, a second round pick basically and a couple of guys yeah. that you aren't going to keep around anyway. It well, other than Keon Johnson.
0: I believe Rocco is a free agent this this offseason, but still the Clippers hold his birth rights. So yeah, absolutely. And if you're Roko, they can offer him whatever he wants.
1: I was about to say, and if you're a shit, it's not going to be, you know, a, a King's ransom. And the Clippers, with that guy over there, print money, he could pay him. And if you look at what the Portland oh, yeah. Trailblazers got back, like I said, they got back Keon Johnson, who's a young guy, and they got back a second-rounder. But screams rebuild. When you look at Anthony Simons, even when you look at Nance Jr., when you look at Nasir Little, when you look at what they have over there, um, you, you can't think Dame and CJ are long for Portland.
0: It's funny. The Blazers what, a year or two ago, they gave up Gary Trent Jr., who we talked about earlier in the show.
1: Right, who's balling.
0: Who's on a heater right now for the Raptors. Couple picks for Norman Powell. And now Norman Powell is gone for basically Eric Bledsoe, Justice Winslow, and Keon Johnson. Now, Keon Johnson might turn out to be good. But man, I get a sense, I tweeted this out, this is the end of the line for them, right? It has it's, to be. It's reset button time. Definitely. See, see, Damon, CJ. It's building around of,
1: Anthony Simmons' time. Simon. They'll
0: probably they'll probably be out of there by the summer. Both of them, Nur, Nurkic. They'll probably lose him for nothing. I don't know yep. if they can get something for him at that line. At
1: the trade deadline, right? You got to think they're shopping him, though, because um, like you said, even if it's not you know, at the beginning of the off season or whatever, there's no chance that Dame or CJ plays a minute of basketball beyond the end of this season for the Portland Trailblazers. And that's if for some lo and behold reason CJ isn't moved before this season is over, I wouldn't be surprised if Portland moves CJ um before the this trade week? deadline. Yeah, I wouldn't be that wouldn't shock me at all. But if they don't, like said, even if they're still a part of the Portland Trailblazers at the beginning of the next season, they won't play a minute because they'll be trying to move them um, you know from this point
0: forward yeah very crucial period here for the Blazers they try to marry it up they've been under they've been under fire the past year so
1: and it almost makes yeah. you feel bad for Dame man don't get me wrong Dame is a great player and you're thinking to yourself if you're such a great player you should be able to carry your team to a championship I mean I get that but Dame is a great player man and and he's made it known that he wanted to be loyal to Portland but Portland, for some reason, just can't, um, you know, they can't they stay in their own way, right? They can't support him or, you know, stay out of their own way like they need to, as you perfectly alluded to, JJ. I mean, it's just a tough situation, man.
0: Yeah, so, um, I'm, I'm sorry, those, I'm sorry, ahead. Blazers fans, you guys are probably going to be in for a couple, rough couple of years. Oh, yeah, oh, hey, yeah, don't get me there. wrong.
1: Simons and I see a little though, they should give you, you know, some excitement. And like I said, Keon Johns can jump out the gym, so at least you should have some good things to watch there. Um, speaking of those two former all stars, um, you know, all star level players, and CJ and Dane, um, I think CJ's been an all star, right?
0: No, he's never been an all star.
1: CJ hasn't been an all star? Wait a minute. Wait
0: a minute. Nope.
1: Wait, wait he, a minute. He plays in the West, man. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're
0: right. You're right. And he, but, uh, he's been good, but it's not like. He's been incredibly good.
1: No, I give it to you. I give it to you. Okay, well, you're talking about that all-star level player in Dame and that right up under our all-star level player in CJ McCullough. Let's actually talk about the all-star um, situation in 2021, 2022, Whereas the Miami Heat had an opportunity. If you ask me, I think the Miami Heat have four all-star type players, two guys that have certainly been all-stars and are still all-stars, but the aforementioned circumstances or just you know circumstances surrounding it all weren't all-stars this year. You're talking about Bam Adebayo and Cal Laurie. Cal Laurie is at an all-star impact. The count numbers, the cutesy numbers just aren't there, though. But hell with those numbers because, again, he's an all-star, will be an all-star type player once it matters the most and has an all-star also impact. The,
0: the Eastern Conference guard pool is just was really deep this season.
1: Absolutely, absolutely loaded. And some of those other guys amongst that volume, amongst that tedium, had better count numbers. I get it. Um, when you look at, but they won't have the impact that Cal Lloyd will have when you need it the most. I guarantee you that. But when you look at a guy like Bam Adebayo, of course he missed the games with the thumb injury. If he hadn't missed those games, I'm fully confident that he would have been an all-star one way or another. Um, but those games hurt him. Tyler Hero has been an all-star type performer, but again, semantics, the guard play, he gets his best work done off the bench, small inconsistencies here and there. Again, only still a young player in his third year. Or so, so, um, you know that's understandable too. As Jimmy Butler said, he has a long career ahead of him, and he'll make some All Star teams. Believe that. Um, you know, I think all three of those guys will All Star worthy again. The depth of the All Star pool and uncircumstance—I mean, you know, unforeseen circumstances perhaps may have played a factor in that. And you get that politics, semantics is the way it goes. Jimmy Butler's an All Star though, um, rightfully so. He's been to Miami. He's best player. He's been one of the best players in the league and one of the best players in the East. Um, there are only five guys or so averaging the numbers that he's averaging. 20-something, some point, six rebounds, and six assists, I think, are the figures.
0: Actually, according to the the Heat account, he is the only player this season with those numbers. Oh, really? Yeah.
1: Oh, I thought that there were a couple of more guys, but perhaps they're right. Either way. Well,
0: that, that have done it in their careers, then there have been a couple of guys, but this season... He is the only guy.
1: Ah, okay. I thought I mis—I must have misheard and misread that. I thought that they meant this season because I know you're talking Luka, Giannis, James Harden, and LeBron James, right?
0: Yeah.
1: Yep. So, I mean, rare air. And not only does he do it from a counting numbers, cutesy stats perspective, but you have to be able to recognize as Jimmy in- Jimmy's impact on each and every game. Um, He does everything. He creates the plays. He often guards some of your better players. He's always in the passing lanes. He's talking. He's your leadership. He's your heart. He's your grit. He's your culture. He takes it on the chin when a team has a bad game, even if it isn't his fault. And he never wants to take all the praise, even when he's responsible for his all. I mean, if you're talking about a superstar player to face your franchise, a guy that you're glad that your guys go to bat for and will stand behind and will stand up in front of a truck for every night, will run through a wall for that guy every night, that leader. You're glad it's Jimmy Butler, a rightful all-star, making a sixth appearance. Um, I don't think he wants to go to Cleveland, though, because who does?
0: By the way, the stats you alluded to. Here's from the official Miami Heat account. The line and the players to record it. These are, these are Jimmy Butler's averages this season. 22 points per game. 6.3 rebounds per game. 6 assists per game. Almost 2 steals per game. 1.9 steals per game. 58.5 true shooting percentage. Jimmy Butler has done that 2 times in his career. Do you know the other players that have done it?
1: I'm going to say LeBron and who?
0: LeBron James has done it 7 times. <laughs> Magic Johnson. 4 times. Larry Bird, four times, James Harden, three times, and Michael Jordan, two times.
1: I mean, come on, man.
0: That's a pretty damn good company.
1: Come on, man. Come on, man. What are we talking about? Come on, man. And people talk about, and people want to talk about, you know, Jimmy needs to do this, and Jimmy needs to do that, and Jimmy's not a superstar, and Jimmy Butler's overrated, and all of this bullshit. Come on, man. Respect the checker. You know what I mean? Watch your mouth.
0: Yeah. So, you got anything else to add, the All-Star? Well, I I want to say something. The I was a bit surprised that Chris Middleton made it over. Jared Allen, LaMelo Ball, or even his own teammate Drew Holiday.
1: Yeah, that was but a good, shame. Good for him, though. That was a shame. I mean, and you've seen a bunch of good questions come back up about that. Um, I need the league and everybody to tell me, do we value the mid game or do we not? Because if you're going to tell me we value the mid-game still, then I get it. Chris Middleton is an all-star. But if we don't value the mid-range game, then how in the hell is he an all-star?
0: I I don't know. But you know what? Good for him.
1: I mean, no, great for Chris Middleton. I'm glad that he's finally getting his recognition because he's been a very good player for a long time. I'm not sure he's been an all-star level player or a great player or the money that his contract and everybody try to make him out to be. But he's been a very good player for a long time. He was always bound to have a good career in the league because he was a shooter, and he will always defend. Now, of course, he's gotten better and have made himself, you know, help put himself in a position where he could put his skills on display at the highest levels and the highest leverage moments. But, no, he was always bound to be one of those 10, 15-year, you know, league guys because of how he gets it done. So great for him, man. But, again, when you look at a guy like Jimmy Butler, who does everything for his team, who makes the tough finishes, like, you know, there was this instant last night where Jimmy missed a – tough layup. He was being fouled, but he missed it. And I said to myself, I also tweeted it out early in the game. You can't be mad at Jimmy there because he makes a ton of those tough layups. And I guarantee you, even if it isn't in this game, which it probably will be when those, you know, situations come up in clutch moments, he'll make them. And he continued to do that all night. So, I mean, you know, it's different for a guy like Jimmy that does live in the mid range, but still goes to the cup, gets in there and bangs with the big, thick bodies, you know, gets physical with it, as opposed to a guy like Middleton who lives in that mid-range area. So when you vote him an All-Star, what are you telling me? Because I agree with you. you, It's shocking that a guy like Jared Allen or even LaMelo Ball, Miles Bridges, the guy I mentioned, you could even look at Pascal Siakam, I'd take any of those guys um, as Middleton over an All-Star. But we didn't vote.
0: One day we'll have a vote, don't worry. And the media vote, I I should add, because the reserves are voted exclusively by coaches. But yes, one day we'll have a media vote, I'll assure you. I assure you of that. So, so let's end the podcast here. Thank you for listening to this episode of the 305 Culture Podcast. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. You can also leave a short review and a five-star rating wherever you get your podcast. That would really help the show grow. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at 305 Culture Pod.
1: And where can they find you on social media, JJ?
0: They can find me at J on Twitter, at JJ Rivera MBA. That's at J J R I V is in Victor E R A N B A, and on Instagram you can find me at J as J A I R O R I V is in Victor E R A Ninety Eight. And where can they find you, my friend?
1: They can find me on Twitter at K said K. That's K underscore S A I D underscore. Q U E again, that's K said K on Twitter and on Instagram. You can find me at I am K Serious, that's I A M K C I R R U S again. I am K Serious on Instagram. Thanks, guys. We appreciate you for listening and keep rocking with
0: us. Yeah, thank you so much for your support and thank you for listening. See you next week. Bye bye.